we started out young, made choices that we felt like were like long term and they've really benefited us big time. Because we thought about getting some land and building a brand new house maybe five ish years ago. Yeah. Eventually we decided not to and said, let's stay here and let's pay the house off and like you'll just be that much farther ahead. I really think that like if you can make long term smart decisions when you're younger, like you can grow into that and you can make those like really benefit you and really work well. dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're bringing you another Best of MKM episode. This week, I'll be sharing a conversation I had in 2021 with Mandy and Sean Sensky from North Dakota about how they became a millionaire family in their 30s. We discuss how this young family achieved this seven-figure net worth milestone so early in their lives and what this means for their family's future. Without further delay, let's jump into today's show. Today, we're going to speak with a couple of young parents who achieved a million-dollar net worth in their 30s. Mandy and Sean Sensky are our guests today. Mandy and Sean have three kids, and they love hunting, fishing, and exploring in their great state of North Dakota. Welcome to the show, Mandy and Sean. Hey, Andy. Great to meet you. Great to meet you, too. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you sharing and opening up and helping other people grow as well. So let's talk about your story. At what point did you guys decide that growing your net worth and growing your wealth was a smart thing to do? I got into it accidentally, like when I first started working, but it's really taken off more in the last few years. So I think we got lucky early on and maybe got a little good advice. But now, yeah, it's really, really taken off the last few years. And, you know, you get intentional with what you want and you're looking ahead to the future. That's that's where we're at right now. Let's talk about some of that early good advice you got. What was some of that good advice? Was that from parents? Was that from people at your workplace? And how did that come across you? I started my job when I was right before I turned 23. And so it's been about 16 years. And, you know, you go in and that first week of work and you're like signing up for 401k you like don't know what to put in for and like how much to put in where but i remember guys are like just put in 10 or 15 percent and if you work out here for so many years they're like you'll be fine so i just did that and then basically i didn't think about it for a long time but it's definitely worked out well for us there's so many times where there's this mystique around millionaires where it's like, wow, how did they do that? Did they buy some Bitcoin and then everything happens? It's like a lot of the time it's just investing in your 401k for a really long time, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. And like I've seen some of your Instagram posts this week and it's kind of funny to even be on the podcast because it, it's true or it's like, it's just the boring way to do it. You start young and you put so much in and just leave it in there and the compound interest and it just, it really takes off after a while. So Mandy, why was this important to you as well to, you know, take care of your family and think about things like building your wealth? So I have always cared about not necessarily long-term wealth as much as I cared about never being in debt. (laughs) So that was always a priority to me and Sean and I both got our jobs when we were pretty young. So I had my first adult full-time job when I was 21 and I did the same thing. We stuck to our guns and started um, at least with a company match and I had a good company match. So I always did the minimum on that. And then over time, it just really evolved as we saw how that grew to getting into a Roth and, you know, putting it other places, finding out how we can save for our kids and things like that. So a huge motivation for me was just being able to 
sort of set them up. You guys alluded to both having some good jobs with good benefits. What do you guys do for a living? How do you guys make income? So I'm a distribution electrician, basically at a large chemical plant. So like electrical maintenance out there. I work as an office administrator for a IBEW labor union. So electrical, electrical workers, labor union. And like I said, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think because I've been there for 12 years now. <laughs> and it's just, it's weird to think that starting off at 21 would be like such a huge benefit by the time that you're 32. Absolutely. Sticking with it and continually doing it. So it sounds like the energy sector is a big place to work in North Dakota. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Can you break down your net worth for us? You know, because when people hear, you know, million plus, like that gets confusing. What does that mean? What does your net worth consist of? Yeah, it really, it is confusing because like I never did our like, you know, financial net worth until this spring. You have an idea of everything and you're like, oh, it's probably like close to around a million. But then when you put it on paper, it's like really surprising. So what we have is... We have our checking accounts, which really aren't that big. Then we have our savings account, like our emergency fund, which I would say I like more around like 20000 And we had it there for a while, and then we actually paid off a couple smaller debts. So we're down a little bit this year. And then my work retirement accounts, I have about, as of last month, approximately 750,000 in my 401k. And then I actually broke that down and looked at it. And my employee pre-tax account is about 406,000. And then my employer matching pre-tax is 164,000. And then I also have a Roth 401k, which is another thing guys at work were like, hey, this Roth thing, you should get into that. Even if you just put a tiny amount in, you know, it's all like, already taxed. So maybe when you retire, you just want to like go make a big purchase or you want to use it for something else. So I did that. And that is about 177,000. And then we also both have Roth IRAs, which we have about 8,000 in each. And that will be one of the next steps of growing them. Your retirement account, your 401k is about 210,000. Yes. Yeah. I guess. And then the other thing, I actually have a pretty good pension at my job. So at this point, I don't know what exactly is in there, but as of July or January 1st of every year in April, you'll get a statement of like your defined benefit that if you were to terminate employment, your payout amount. So every year in April, I know what I would have got if I would have ended, you know, earlier in the year. And this year that was at 290,000. You guys have really taken the steps to start early, keep the consistency, and build it over time. So congratulations. What's the number today? I, I alluded to it at the beginning of the show. It's over a million dollars. Where are you guys today? According to this sheet, we're at a million six hundred thousand seventy dollars Wow. That's incredible. And how old are you guys today? I am 39. I'm 32. 39, 32. That is incredible. Congratulations on all your success and keeping this simple and proving to people today that there's no magic to this. I mean, it is consistency and keeping at it and keeping those contributions going. So I didn't hear anything on there about maybe an inheritance or a windfall. Did anything like that happen in your wealth building journey? No, definitely not. No. Okay. I know like my parents have been great. They like supported me my whole life. I got to do a lot of stuff growing up. 
But as far as like, you know, moving on past high school and into college, that's something I paid for all myself. I'd come home on the weekends and they'd give me gas money, but that's about as far as that went. Same. <laughs> Same for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about these, these coworkers. I feel like this is sort of the magical sauce to your story a little bit. It could have gone both ways. You know, you could have had coworkers that said, Hey buddy, let's go to the casino, man. Let's go tear it up. And <laughs> don't, you don't need to save for that retirement. How did you decide what to pick when they said, yeah, make sure you're putting money in your 401k. You still have to make a choice on what you're investing in. Don't you? How, how did you make that decision? I don't remember. I think it was a lot of guessing. But I had a lot put into basically like an index fund. And then I picked, I knew what, I asked what other guys were into. So I know there was like some healthcare, some energy. And then I actually had a bunch of bonds right away, which I think kind of paid off like that 07 to 09. Looking into this, I've went back and looked at some of the stuff that's happened over the years. And you can see me putting money in and it's just red. <laughs> you're like losing money, but you're also just buying your stocks so cheap. And then my retirement account at work is through Vanguard. So they would actually bring people from Vanguard out at times. So I remember it was like within that first five years of work, I signed up to go meet with them one day and they kind of went through it with me and I like reallocated some stuff and got that changed around. So it's been pretty good for a while now, but yeah, right away, I don't know. It wasn't horrible, but I could have done better right away. Well, that's incredible. It sounds like you got good advice. Mandy, how about you? You know, I, I filled out like the online forms, putting in the, the amounts that I was hoping to get when I retired. And then at that time, I had called and asked for kind of advice. And they said, sorry, we can't actually give advice. You can only fill out, you know, this questionnaire and see, see where it ends up. So I did do that. And then I decided to like reallocate every quarter based on my answers. Mandy, you mentioned that not having any debt was sort of like this important goal of yours. Why was that the case? I just always felt really anxious having, having not enough, you know, if there's ever not enough or like wanting to give more. So I just kind of had that always at the forefront of my thought process and how we wanted to live, what we thought that was important. And even common things like car payments, people would be like, you'll always have a car payment. And I just hated the idea of it. Like, do we always have to have a car payment though? Is that totally necessary? Like the more that I've gotten out from under any type of debt, like I think our first small one was like student loans and we like paid those off and we were like, that's so nice. (laughs) And then it was like, hang up a vehicle and you're like, Oh, that's really nice. And then like, just recently we bought an extra car just for like, traveling just commuting and we paid for that one in cash and like gosh that was so nice so I feel like every little token of the way that we've done things I've like appreciated more and more and more and I'm like it just feels so nice not to be a slave to money I love that feeling. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. There's something that just feels like there was a weight on your shoulders and now it's gone. Like you don't have to think about it anymore. Or now that you've done it this way, you never want to go back. You know, you've you've done it this way and it's, this is your lifestyle now. Do you guys have any debts today? Are you still working on paying off anything like that? Yeah, we do. We have two things. Yeah. We got one real bad one that every financial person is like, don't get into that. (laughs) We have, we only have two debts. We have our house payment, our mortgage, which that's kind of the new thing we've been working on. And we only owe 27,000 on the house. Mm -hmm. 
We're hoping to have that paid off for sure. Sean's goal was by his 40th birthday, so that was June. And he just keeps moving it up. He's like, how about the end of the year? (laughs) But it's kind of crazy because I think, like, when he said it, it was, like, just a little over a year to do it. And what did we owe at that time, like 70? Yeah. I think I actually got it off Chris Hogan, but his 15-year mortgage of the house and then I actually, I colored in, I just actually did a thousand dollars for each square up to around 60 some thousand and colored the rest in black. And then we have the kids every time we make a payment on the house or a principal payment, then we have the kids fill the squares in and we have it hanging on the fridge. So try to get them involved a little bit and it's fun to uh, teach, start teaching them a little bit. You know, they don't really understand. You're like, well, we don't actually own the house. Yeah. I mean, you kind of do, but you also, you, you kind of don't. Yeah. So then you're like, yeah, like the bank actually owns the house and we have to pay for it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they start talking about it now too. So. Yeah. So we own the house and then we own a pickup. Yeah. Yep. I bought a brand new, very nice truck last year, which everyone is like, do not do that. <laughs> but I do usually get a vehicle I really like. And then, I mean, my last pickup I had for nine years yep. and I, that one I didn't want to get rid of. And I started having some issues with it. And I went like a couple years and we put a lot of money into it and took it like two dealerships in a private mm-hmm. garage and just couldn't get it fixed. And then I had some big trips coming up last fall. And then, so I basically just went in and, you know, got what I wanted. Although it's a little tough because the house would be paid off. Well, the way you guys have set up your finances, the way you have built your wealth, there's <laughs> money's for spending. I mean, honestly, after you've done all the things you're supposed to check off the box, you guys are set for retirement. You're nearly mortgage free. It's okay to enjoy your money. And obviously the truck that you bought obviously fits in well with your lifestyle, not only personally, but for your family. You guys love spending time outdoors. You love doing things. So this is in addition to your, your family, right? Yeah, it's definitely, we get a lot of use out of it and for what it was designed for. So I love it. (laughs) Well, that's good. Well, I'm sure Mandy's going to like it even better when it's paid off. For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high quality meats. And now we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, a.k.a. the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews. Available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews. Available at a pet store near you. Have there been any sort of you know, financial hacks or tools or anything that you guys have done that maybe people don't know about that you think that people could find useful today based on your journey? Now, I don't know if it's stuff that people doesn't don't know about, but I think the biggest thing for me is making a budget and then just allocating your money right away. I like no matter what your income is, 
you know, try to shoot for that, like 15% of saving your, for your retirement, maybe aim for the 25% at some point, and then don't live above your means and start there. And then, you know, just the sooner you start, like the best time to invest is yesterday. And the second best is today. Like, I really agree with that. And then also it's been a recent for us, but I think your financial net worth, keeping track of that year to year, like you said earlier today, even with having payments on stuff, when it's like, oh, like, I don't know, you have $500 a month. It's just kind of there. When you look at that whole lump sum and it starts shrinking down, which you'll see on that, if you keep track of your, you know, your financial net worth, I like, I like that a lot. Yeah. And for me, I would say like one thing that I think has been a huge pro for us is we built our house 11 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. No, 10 years ago. Yeah. And you know, we refinanced it right away. Like we had lived here for a year. We refinanced after one year and we did a 15 year loan instead. And then we stayed here. And so I think that not like continually feeling the need to keep up with the Joneses not getting the new vehicle every single time that something comes out or not getting the best of the best or making smaller changes that might really suit your family. But I think a lot of people look at what they're going to make when they sell something, but they don't look at how much they're actually putting into something else. And I think that that has really served us because we started out young and made choices that we, we felt like were like long-term and they've really benefited us big time. Yeah, I agree with that. Cause we thought about getting some land and building a brand new house, maybe five ish years ago. Yeah. You know, we definitely could have done that. And eventually we decided not to and said, let's stay here and let's pay the house off. And like, you'll just be that much farther ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we still love it. Yeah. You know, it's still, it's still, it's not like something that we're like, man, too bad that we're stuck here. We still love it. It's still serving us super well. So I really think that like, if you can make long-term smart decisions when you're younger, that they, like you can grow into that and you can make those like really benefit you and really work well. Yeah. I think you guys have said it right. It's buying something and holding it for a long time. That's it. I mean, that's how you build wealth, whether that's your 401k or your Roth 401k, your Roth IRAs, your house, a business, whatever it is, that patience, that longevity and, you know, battling contentment. It sounds like that's something, Hey, well, you know, I've, I've got this house. Wait a second. This house is fantastic. I'm at peace here. I don't need the next big thing just because it's out there. So kudos to you guys on having those, you know, epiphany moments. Let's talk about what's next for you guys. Paying off the mortgage sounds like it's there. Paying off that car. I know those things are probably going to happen within the next 12 months. Where do you see your family going in the next five to 10 years based on the way you guys have been able to build wealth? I have two things really is I don't have like a brokerage account right now. So I want to get that going. And your retirement is like just some line in the future of like, it's like a number. So as much as I can get in that re- that brokerage account, it just moves that closer to, I don't necessarily want to retire super early, but I want to just be able to do whatever I want, right? Like have the option. If I don't want to work anymore, then I don't have to. And that would be like a big motivator for me of like investing into that as well. Cause you're just, you just, you're moving that financial independence so much closer to this timeline. And then the other big thing is I'm not sure quite, everything we want to do, but helping out the kids as much as we can. Yeah. But being smart about it, like not just giving them everything, but definitely get some accounts going for them, helping with college or other things they want to do. 
Yeah, upping the ante. And we did, you know, we did start. And even yeah. from, we just did a small amount, I think like $25 a month ever since they were little. And like looking at where it's growing, it's still at like, nine to 12%. And I'm like, that's a big return for just putting money in for them. And even just trying to teach them the tools of what it's like to start young, like to invest young, where that will get you so that you can think long, long term. I feel like our world is like super like instant satisfaction. And they're like, Oh, how can I make like quick money? Or how can I, you know, just do this like really, really quick thing. And it'll just like pay off my whole life or the lottery or whatever. And you're like, so boring, (laughs) but just, just think long term. I think we all need t-shirts that say be boring. It's cool. I don't know. Something like that, right? (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned putting $25 in an account. Where are you putting that? Is that a kid's brokerage? Is that a 529? I know we've talked about that a lot. Where where are you placing that? Is it a savings account? It's not a savings account. It's like just a regular. Yeah, it's a brokerage account. Okay, cool. Yes. And that's mostly my fault because, um, I, I know that everyone has like their own feelings about college and where it's going to go, but I was just like, what if yeah, we talked about we it? We don't go to college or what, you know, what if college isn't paid for by, by parents anymore? Or what if you want to be an entrepreneur or, and we like actually like, even though I, I, I have some side hustles, so I do some entrepreneurial work, but like Sean, goes to work and we like put that in the kids a lot. We're like, do you guys want to go and try a your float stand? And don't make a hundred dollars. We're like, you guys are doing great. <laughs> so, you know, we do try to like kind of put that in them. That's like, Hey, go after what you want. You know, it's going to be good. I love that. And you guys are finding a balance of, you know, helping to invest for them. So they've got some, you know, security in the future, but also giving them the wings and the know-how to how to make their own money so that they can thrive in the future. I love this. So there's somebody listening right now and they're like, Hey, I want to become a millionaire family. Just like these two, what advice would we leave for them as they get started and they finish this interview? The biggest thing I think is to budget out your finances and then be intentional with where you're putting your money and make sure that you just start investing in the boring stuff, just like index fund, mutual fund, whatever you're going to get into. Even like my Roth IRA, that's just a target retirement fund and just get going as soon as you can. And if you need a little motivation, then I think you should look at some of them calculators on like, just I'm going to average this much return for this many years. And then uh, I think that will kick you in the butt to start doing it. Yes, I totally agree with all of that. And I also think like when making purchases, look at like a lump sum. Like if you're buying a $40,000 vehicle, I think a lot of people look at them the monthly. And they're like, oh, my payment will only go up $50. And I think that if you just like notice that you're spending 40000 instead of ten, that you'll see like that's $30,000 that you could be investing long-term and that money will make you money where this other purchase may never benefit you otherwise. It's just instant satisfaction. And I think that those are things that if you just look at like the big, big picture rather than payments, I think that that will really help people. I think that's great. Absolutely. And I know you guys have some side hustles. You got some websites. If people want to contact you, maybe give a shout out for some of those great works you guys are doing right now. Where can people contact you? I got a website, senskimedia.com. That's a lot of my outdoor adventures and stories. I haven't kept up on it a ton the last uh, year. Great photos though, man. I was on there for a while. I really like the photography. I don't know who's doing that, but that's fantastic. I mean, it's mostly me. A couple are from Mandy. She does photography on the side. 
Well, I guess my Instagram is actually banging cans. And if somebody did have questions, they could, I'm sure they'd find me there. I'd get back to them. Yeah. And mine are really easy. It's mandysensky.com or mandysensky at gmail.com. Excellent. And then Mandy, what are you doing on your entrepreneurial world? I'd love to hear about it. So I started photography like 10 years ago. Yeah. So I try just to keep it to like one to two sessions a week. And I really like that. And it totally fuels just like my inner creativity. And then I started as a money representative like four years ago. And that's paid off really well too. And so we love them all. I love it. So you got the full-time jobs, you got the side hustles, you got the kids. How do you guys handle all this? You guys seem so relaxed. <laughs> we are relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably how. <laughs> I love working though. I feel like a huge satisfaction from like working for just like being nice to people and being able to like serve them any way that I can. So I really, really like doing that. And I would say like being outside and hunting and fishing and like taking people on like that kind of thing, like really fills your cup. That relaxes me. If I didn't have that, then I'd have trouble working so much. Yeah. But I think that we think a lot about how we're spending our time, mm-hmm. and especially with the kids. We want to make sure that they're coming up good and have a lot of experiences in their life. And I'd say kind of like being intentional with our money. Yep. We're intentional with our time as yeah. well. And like, you know, it's like nothing's perfect. You always want to do better. Sometimes you feel like it's falling apart, but yeah, sometimes um, it is. Yeah, you just do yeah. your best. And we make sure like, you know, when you're tired and the kids want to do something, you just get up and you go do it. Yeah, we rally. That's great. Yeah, I think being outside is the biggest thing Mm -hmm. that relaxes everyone. Most people. Well, I love that. This summertime is fantastic. We've got a beautiful day here in Michigan. Hopefully it's nice where you guys are in North Dakota. Thank you guys both very much. This example of not only how to build wealth, but also how to plan your time and your family for a beautiful life has been very inspiring for me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Yeah, and we appreciate you and all of the time that you've invested into teaching us. Yeah, thanks, Andy. (laughs) I I enjoy what you put out, and we watch you and your wife. And yeah, I think I think I like the way you think. Thank you, man. I appreciate being able to do this. It's a blessing for me to be able to make a living doing this. Honestly, thank you for watching. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing today's show, for Weird Digital Marketing for their support on Instagram and YouTube, and Mandy Burt for her stellar writing. As always, thank you all so much for your support and throughout the entire year. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone, it's time for a Big Tip Tuesday update. As of the time of this recording, we are up to $800 in big tip giving for the 2022 season. Our goal, as a reminder, is $3,000 in random big tips given before the new year. So we've got a couple weeks to go. I would love to have you guys join in and to give you some motivation and hopefully to get you to join in and share your big tip giving news with me. I'm going to share a couple more givers. This one's from KBT on Facebook. This individual says, 
Love the idea. Today was my Tuesday. My waitress was shocked and very appreciative. (laughs) That's great. I love it. I love these stories. And then there was Janice Torres Rodriguez from the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, an award-winning podcast you guys should check out. She said this on Instagram. I tipped a musician $100 yesterday for serenading me with some gorgeous Latin jazz music. (laughs) I love it. Sounds like she's having fun and giving back, which is great. And then my wife, Nicole, joined in on the fun as well by giving her hairdresser a $100 tip for the holidays. I'm going to lean into Nicole's example this weekend and give our kids some dollars in their hands, maybe $50 or $20 or whatever. And we're going to give some tips. We're going to give it around town, maybe at the donut shop or the Dollar Tree, you know, places where people are working hard and bringing smiles to people's faces. And then we could do the same back to them by giving back. That way, our kids can give randomly and experience the joy of generosity. So thank you for your example, KBT and Janice and Nicole, of course. If you want to join in on this Big Tip Tuesday action, you guys know what to do. Give generously in your community. This does not have to be 100 bucks. You decide what generous means. It can be 50 bucks. It can be 20 bucks. It can be 10 bucks. Just more than you'd normally do when you're out and about and wanting to create some community in your community. So share your generosity through social media or a voicemail to me at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail, or you can email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or Instagram at marriagekidsandmoney or Facebook at Andy Hill MKM. Lots of ways, however you want to share it. I would really appreciate it. This is my little thing that I like to do at the end of the year, which is fun. And you can join in on the fun too. So thanks for considering it. I'll continue to share our Big Tip Tuesday progress over the next couple of weeks on our various platforms. And yeah, I hope you join in. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from John Wooden. Things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. Here's to making the best of your life, my friends. Carpe diem. 